Can you guys help us settle a debate? Which sounds grosser, cold sore or fever blister? Cold sore. Told you. Welcome to Love in Brief, an ABDL advice podcast focused on issues of love. Love for yourself, love for others, love for your community, spiritual love, and of course, romantic love. I am one of your hosts, Resonant Yes. And I am the other one, Road Not Taken. Today, we are responding to a question about events. So I'm going to introduce our guests who are no strangers to events, and then we're going to dig into the question. So let me introduce you to hosts of uh, co-hosts of the Crinklecast, which you can find at crinklecast.com, and organizers of TeddyCon, which has just wrapped up. So I'm especially grateful because I'm sure they're overtired and exhausted from putting on an amazing con. Uh, this is Little Philly and Mommy Curry. Thank you both for being on Love and Brief. Thank you for having us. We are so happy to be here. So I feel especially lucky to have you here post TeddyCon because I can imagine that all that you've put into that has left you pretty drained. Um, but uh, before we get to our question, one of the questions we like to ask is tell us about your love. So in short, um, we are in a long-term committed relationship to each other. And we just have a huge fishbowl of dynamics that we get to pick and choose from every day. Um, makes our lives pretty adventurous and, and lots of fun. A fishbowl of dynamics. I want to hear more about a fishbowl of dynamics. Oh boy. So let's see. We've got the mommy baby boy dynamic. We've got the daddy baby girl dynamic. Um, I'm a top. He's a top. I'm a bottom. He's a bottom. I'm a sadist. Yes. There is so much going on here. We need nine <laughs> yes. podcasts to cover all of this. <laughs> we so, like to have a lot of fun and keep everybody guessing. Yeah. Sounds exciting. I like it. It does. And, and you know, we're, we're a switchy couple, so we can identify certainly with trading that sort of mommy-daddy relationship. Um, and I think probably you have more to teach us about the rest of your fishbowl. I think that's awesome. Um, today's question is really about events, and we are fresh off of TeddyCon 2018. By the way, just a pause to say thank you for being one of those brave souls, or in this case, brave couples, who go out of their way to do all of the hard work to create community, not just through the Crinklecast, but through TeddyCon as well, and all of the organizing and events and munches you do in your area. I just, I think there is a shortage of folks who uh, will put in the kind of time, effort, and frankly, money required. I know it can't, there's no way that you walk away from that event uh, financially richer or time richer. So I hope you are spiritually richer because you put so much into it. And just thank you for what you do. Well, you know, it's, um, it's definitely a labor of love for both of us and the rest of the team. Um, we get so much joy out of seeing all of our attendees have an amazing time. And uh, that's, you know, that's what makes it all worth it. That brings us to this week's question. This week's question comes to us uh, by way of at PinkPuffy22Daddy on Tumblr. And it's about organizing events. So here's, here's the question. How are big events like Capcom and TeddyCon organized? Can you interview some of the organizers? Now, this is obviously a 
big question, and um, there's probably a million facets of organizing. But I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about the process of how you even begin to organize an event like TeddyCon. Well, I mean, the first the first problem you have to deal with is a, a location. Um, so going out to hotels, speaking to hotels, learning how to speak to hotels. Um, it's not very easy to walk into a hotel and say, I want to have this giant convention with people wearing diapers. Um, you have to learn their language. You have to walk in and, you know, we're here. We're going to sell all these rooms. We're going to do all these things for you. And then you tell them kind of what, what it is. And they already don't hear what it is because they're hearing dollar signs. So you find ways to kind of, you know, build a relationship with a hotel. Um, we've been at the same hotel for five years now. Yeah, from there, you need to develop a, a good team to support you. Mm. Nobody can do this by themselves. The two of us couldn't do this by, the, by ourselves. Um, we have an amazing leadership team, an amazing group of volunteers that have the same passion for the event that we do. And they're willing to give up their time at the event for everybody else. Um, without a strong team behind you, you're only going to have a mediocre event. Um, so we tell our volunteers to expect 10 hours of service time over the duration of the entire event. But we also try to take their scheduling wants into consideration. So we have them take a look at the list of all the events and activities that are going on. And we ask them to pick three things that they want to attend. And we actually develop the entire event schedule and the volunteer schedule around those requests. So we assure that everybody gets to go to the top three things that they want to attend to during the event. We also schedule partners together on the same shifts so that they're not working opposite shifts. They can maximize their time together. We put a lot of effort into how we take care of our volunteers because our volunteers are the ones that are taking care of our attendees. The the intentionality of that is extraordinary. So you, I mean, even the machinations behind how you plan this are even more in depth than I expected. So you're you're doing sort of a survey up front and actually building the schedule so that people can have exactly what they're hoping to get out of it. Well, it's the one way we can give back to the folks that are giving to the attendees. You know, we can't afford to pay them. We can't afford to feed them every meal. We do the best we can by acknowledging what they're doing um, to make sure that they get to have the event that they want to have. The other big thing, honestly, when trying to start an event, and this is something we have told every single person that has come to us saying that they want to do their own convention, is start small. Start very small. 50 to 100 people is a really manageable number for a first attempt at this. If you try to start huge right out the gates, you're going to get yourself into trouble. And, and we started with a munch. We had a munch for, it's been going eight years now. So we had a core group of people that were there that were willing to help out. Um, and that's really important as well. Um, without those people, without volunteers, without, you know, our staff, we really couldn't do the event. So that's but, really a stra strategy I'm hearing that you, you started with a community around you via Munch that created your volunteer base that drove your first 50 person con and then became the backbone of your bigger con. What was it that made you guys go, all right, this is something we've got to do. I just felt like there needed to be something else out there. And, um, 
I, I think actually the very first person that I, I talked to about it with was uh, Zorro. And um, I picked up the phone and called him. I said, hey, I, I've got this idea. Do you want to do this with me? And at the time, um, he's like, sure. And it, it kind of just grew from there. It was a new concept to me and uh, something I was a little leery of. But as we were really getting into the, the meat and potatoes of organizing this and spending many, many, many hours up late at night at the kitchen table, working on paperwork and designing things and getting things ready, it got really, really exciting. Um, and it definitely played to my love of organizing and event planning and, and all of that fun stuff. So it's something I grew comfortable with over time and have since fallen in love with. Oh, that's great. I can I can totally not at all identify with your love of organizing uh, <laughs> events. I'm so glad R&T has it in spades because that sounds like hell to me to have to think it. Like if I ran an event by myself, there would be no water or food and I would forget to unlock the doors um, and I would just be alone in a room. That would be the event that would end up happening because I don't want to think about any of those things. So I'm so glad that you have a love and a passion and a, a gift for it. How do you balance... I'm certain with this many people attending a con that you're going to have some people who find something so attractive and amazing and then the exact opposite person who says that's offensive. I don't want it at my con. It ruins the con for me. How do you balance that those things are of course going to coexist because sexuality is an infinite spectrum and identity is an infinite spectrum. How do you accommodate that? We understand that not all of the attendees are going to love every single component of the event. We are hoping that there are enough components different from each other that everybody can find something that they love. Right. So there's always a way where you could go and remove yourself if you don't like something in, in let's say, the classroom or whatever. You can go to the playroom. Or if you don't like what's going on in the playroom, you can go out to the courtyard where there's stuff going on out there. There's there's different things where in the entire hotel. So it's it's a takeover. There's no vanilla people at all. You can walk around the hotel in your just your diaper if you want the entire weekend, including the bar. Um, we even have we have karaoke in there. We have uh, a rave. We have a dance party. Um, so there, there's just literally stuff everywhere. Um, so if there is something you don't like, you can easily you know remove yourself and go check out something else. Do you have any advice for people who are maybe not planning to organize an event, um, but are maybe thinking of going to their first event, uh, do you have any advice for people who are sort of thinking about it on the fence or, or considering their options? Do for... it. <laughs> Just go. Um, do it. I waited too long. Um, and I should have done it. I should have done it sooner. And I wished, you know, after I went to my first event, I'm like, wow, why didn't I do this years ago? Um, get out there, do it. And then when you do, don't go in and stand against the wall. Like you're, you know, part of the, uh, decor, get out there and you know do activities do things get out of your comfort zone push yourself um because you will you will get out of an event what you put into it um so i say do it get out there you know find something look and see what's around see what's close to you and if there is nothing um start something yourself uh start a munch you know pick a you know a local restaurant that's kind of affordable someplace that has, you know, lots of seating, 
start a munch. Um, you know, pick a night, and do it, do it monthly, do it weekly, do it however often you can. Um, but get out there and do something. I think my advice for somebody that's looking to go to their first event, check and see if they have a chat group or an active forum where people are already participating. Get involved there and start getting to know some of the people that are going to be at the event. We have a, a chat group on the Line app that has, I believe, almost 80 people that are in it and mostly active. And every time we have somebody that posts you know, in one of the forums saying, I'm coming and I'm new and I don't know anybody, we invite them over to the chat group and let them get to know folks. I participate in maybe five or six other chat groups that are not hosted by us where folks have gotten together and they get to know everybody. They get to know me. They get to know other people that are involved in the event. And that way they're not walking into a room full of strangers. That's really good. Yes. So we've gotten to hear about what you guys do for others at this event and how they can enjoy it. But I want to know what... Um, what, what does it do for you? What do you guys come out having received um, after an event like this? It's seeing people's faces, um, you know, when they're playing, when they're doing things. It's, it's hearing, you know, stories of um, what a good time they had. Like, that's the reward for us. Um, seeing everyone having a good time, it's, it's all the reward in the world, you know. Uh, you can't put a price tag on that. Hearing the stories from attendees who have struggled with acceptance and have struggled with their families and knowing that we have shown them another way to be, the number of folks that have come up and shared some really gut-wrenching truths about their lives and that we have helped them to decide to continue living it's it's a it's a powerful place and a really special one i'm just so glad to have gotten to talk to you guys well we're honored to talk to both of you also you both are just really wonderful special people i i think i'm going to follow our guest advice and say just see what you can do to make it happen in small scale or large and uh, hopefully you find the kind of love and attention that they have described. So that's it for this edition of Love in Brief. Love in Brief.